good teacher. <laughs> I tell you what, that's getting a little sophisticated for around here, amen. <laughs> Make me nervous. Y'all be getting a new pastor who wears a suit. But all kidding aside, it's been good so far, amen. And God is with us. If you got a copy of God's Word, I want to ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of John. Am I on? Amen. The Gospel of John, and you're probably saying, I never heard a Christmas sermon preached from the Gospel of John. And you know, you hear the traditional Christmas of the coming of Jesus through the other three Gospels, primarily Matthew and John, I mean Matthew and Luke. But this morning, like old Paul Harvey used to say, I want us to look at the rest of the story. And you know, John gives us a perspective and a view on how Jesus got here totally different than the others. And if you look here, I want us to read the whole first 18 verses. And I don't know about you, but I can read them. I've been reading them. John is my favorite gospel to read. And it's these first 18 verses, the more you read it, the more you realize you're never going to understand everything it says. Because it's beyond our ability to totally understand that the eternal word that was in the beginning with God, that created everything, was Jesus. And that he became flesh and dwelt among us. But that's what John lays on you, the opening of the gospel. I want you to read it with me this morning. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then he says, he, the word was a he, was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. That was John the Baptist. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me. For he was before me, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Takes to the 17th verse for him to say his whole name. And the last verse is the one I want us to kind of look at for a minute. No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. I want you to know today when you sing Jesus, you sing God. When Jesus came to earth, God came to earth. This morning, I want to talk to us a little bit about God with us. And it says in verse 14 that 
the word became flesh, the word that was with God in the beginning, the word that spoke and made everything and without him nothing was made, was with God from eternity, from as far as ever and will always be as far as ever will be. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that's Jesus. And friends, as you begin to look, He's talking about the incarnation. If you've been anywhere in the atmosphere of the word of God and preaching, you've heard of the incarnation. You've heard that word mentioned. You've heard words like the immaculate conception. (laughs) But friends, I want you to think about this. The incarnation, and this comes from Easton's Bible Dictionary, is the act of grace whereby Christ took on human nature into union with his divine person, and he became a man. What it's saying is, Christ, Jesus, is both God and man. And there's no way we'll ever figure that out, this side of heaven, huh, Duke? But the unbelievable fact is that's what John wants us to know. And as you begin to look and you see, there was prophecy that we all listened to and we have heard and we've all taken time to even celebrate. But do we ever really think about what he said when he says, therefore the Lord himself, it was a a prophetic word from Isaiah, hundreds and hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus. And he said, the Lord will give you a sign. The sign was, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then when you get to Matthew, you see that Matthew gives you about the birth of Jesus and describes how the Holy Spirit conceived in the womb of a virgin named Mary who was betrothed to a man named Joseph. And he gave him a dream and said, This child that is in the womb of Mary, you receive him and take her as your wife because that is the Son of God. He will be named Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And it says right there in verse 23, And behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You know, extraordinary as his birth is, we ought to celebrate the virgin birth and the birth of our Savior Jesus And as extraordinary as that is, he was born of a virgin. That is something to take notice of. But as extraordinary as his birth is, the child is even more extraordinary. Because he wasn't just a virgin giving birth to a regular child, although he was regular as much as me and you, yet he was God. And that's what John wants us to know, that Jesus didn't start at Bethlehem. Jesus always has been always is and always will be eternal God. And that's hard to wrap our little brains around. I want you to think about this with me, and I'm going to get to where I want to preach. And I promise I only got three points, and we're going to get finished and eat. But the first three Gospels, they present Jesus coming to earth from an earthly perspective. But the Gospel of John, as you just seen, he describes Jesus coming to earth from a heavenly perspective, from an eternal perspective origin and friends in the beginning was the word he says it right off the start and the word was God and the word was with God friends that's pretty hard for us to try to think about I want you to think about this Matthew Mark and Luke focus on Jesus as the son of man here in their version of the Christmas story the human nature is declared and we ought to look at that because he was pure 100% man. As a matter of fact, Luke's favorite term that he called Jesus was the Son of Man. 
If you read his gospel, he referred to Jesus as the Son of Man. Guess what John's favorite term to refer to Jesus was? The Son of God. You see, John's gospel is focused on Jesus as the Son of God. Here, his divine nature is declared to us. The other gospels show us that he was one of us. And thank God he did become flesh, because that's the only way he could die for our sins. But friends, thank God more that he was divine, that he was the Son of God, because that's the only way he could save us from our sins. And I want you to think about this with me. Matthew and Luke's gospel begins from the womb of his earthly mother, the Virgin Mary, and that is an extraordinary place to begin. But John's gospel begins from the bosom of his heavenly Father, Holy God. Look at what that last verse that we read says. Look at what that says. No one has seen God at any time, John says. But the only begotten, someone's translation says, the one and only Son who was in the bosom of the Father. That means who was by the Father's side. One translation says, who was as closest relation to the Father, has declared Him, has revealed Him, has made Him known. I don't know about y'all, but that messes with my little country mind. And the more I read it, and the more I study it, and the more I trek out other men who've studied it, I find out it messes with everybody's mind. And, you know, as we, we look at that and we begin to read it and we take time to think about it, Jesus was much more than a carpenter's son. In Matthew and Luke's gospel, when we read John's gospel, we are immediately confronted with the claim that Jesus is none other than the eternal Son of God. I don't believe many people realize that. Do you know that's why he was crucified? That's why the Jews had him arrested. That was their greatest accusation, that he claims to be God. And they said that was blasphemy. Friends, listen, clearly John is saying in this text that Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem, who was known as Jesus of Nazareth throughout his life, who was raised by Joseph the carpenter as his earthly father, the firstborn son of Mary, a Jewish woman who the Bible says was a virgin, always was God, is God, and forever shall be God. I don't know about y'all, but he says, now that he's got it all confused, could we please go eat? (laughs) But I'm not confused. Because if he wasn't God, he can't do what the Bible says he can do. If he was just a man, even born under an unbelievable circumstance that his mom was a virgin, he's still not any different than us. You see, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is part of how God has revealed Himself. And it was the Father's doing to conceive His Son so that His Son could come and dwell among us. And that's what it says in verse 14. We be, he became flesh and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten, the one and only Son of God. No man has ever been like Jesus, nor will ever man ever be like Jesus. That's why we still celebrate this birthday this many years later. That's why his birth separates the calendar and how we keep time before Christ and A.D., the, Lord of our, the year of our Lord. 
Friends, listen, there's no life that's ever changed the world like Jesus. There's no life that ever will affect the world like Jesus. And anybody here who knows him says, there's no other life that's ever affected me like Jesus. Say, I get it, amen? When I met Jesus, Marvin Cooper changed. Marvin Cooper ain't perfect, but Marvin Cooper ain't the Marvin Cooper that you would have met 24 years ago before I met Jesus Christ. Can you say the same today? And that's why people keep preaching Jesus. That's why they can't get rid of his church. That's why they can't get him out of this world because he came to the world that he created to show us who he is. And when you see Jesus, you see God. Dr. Jerry Vines, who wrote and produced the Vines Expository Bible with all kind of other commentary that he wrote, he pastored First Baptist Jacksonville for years and years. He's an unbelievable man of God. I've heard him preach twice. I've been to his church once to a pastor's conference. This is what he says about this chapter. The first chapter of John, specifically the first 18 verses, is perhaps the most profound page in the New Testament. Reading these verses, we immediately find out that we are unable to understand what is being said. (laughs) That's what he says. One of the greatest preachers of our time. He says this, as I've studied and prayed over these verses, I find myself lost in wonder, love, and grace. You know, when I read that, I've read it so much in the last few days. I've just read it and I'm in awe that there's so much of it I can't understand. But what I can perfectly understand, I want to give you these three truths. Three truths out of this text that we can't understand that will change your life. The first thing is that Jesus, when he came, he declared God to us. The second one, I'm going to give them to you, and then we're going to look through them. Jesus is the light that leads us to God. You cannot come to God without Christ. There is no other way, my friend. The light that comes from the glory of who he is is what shows you who God is and what leads you to him. And you will never find God through Buddha, through Muhammad, through any other means of religion. Every other religion is trying to get to God. Only Jesus is God coming and getting to us. And you won't find Jesus, God, I mean, without Jesus. And then finally, Jesus is the only way to God for us. And it's right here in this text. Now, one thing, would you all agree with me? There's no doubt that John's telling us that Jesus is God. He's he's God. He's equal to God in every way. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, all three are God revealed to us. Now I want you to see what this says. Jesus has declared God to us. Listen what John says, Jesus said in this gospel. In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, I am the Father are one. We're one. When you get to the Greek, it's even more. He's using terminology that would have meant they're not just one in the fact that they represent, they are one in essence. As a matter of fact, when he was in the 14th chapter and he was fixing to leave and he was telling them, I'm going away and where I go, you can't go with me. And his apostles, it was the last night, hours before he went to the cross, they're all distraught, they're all concerned. He says in the first verse, he says, He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And where I go, I go to prepare a place for you. So where you can be, you can be also. And they were looking at him and said, but Jesus, how do we get there? And he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one's getting to the Father 
except through me. And then one of them says, Philip says, well, show us. Show us the Father. And Jesus says to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? I don't know about y'all, but when we read these Gospels and we read what Jesus said and what He did, and it reveals to us who He was, we see Jesus in the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth that changes your life, that gives you hope where there's none that gives you a second chance when you've wasted everything else, that gives you something beyond what anything on this earth can provide. He brings you true life. The life that we've created to have that only comes from being rightly connected to God. When you look at Jesus, he said throughout this gospel, he gave lots of testimony of who I am. John gives us seven I am's. I think I got them remembered, but y'all know my memory. But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And then he said something even more extraordinary. I'm the bread that comes from heaven. I am the bread of life. He who takes of this bread, who eats of this bread, you'll never hunger again. Then he said, I am the living water. And he who drinks of this water will never thirst again. He said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me will never ever walk in darkness. I'm the door of the sheep. And he who enters in will find their way into the fold. The fold of what? The fold of God. The amazing thing, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And I give my life for the sheep. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he die, he will live. Do you believe this? Then he says what we just looked at. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. You know what else Jesus said for those of us who are saved? The last one is that I am the true vine. And he says that just as a branch must be connected to the vine, that if you are connected to me, if you are not connected to me, you can do nothing. Friends, listen, all spiritual life comes from being connected to Jesus. He's the source of spiritual life that comes from God. There's no other source to become spiritual in the aspect that you're like God created you to be in the first part. We're created in the image of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're created in the image of God, the body, the soul, and the spirit. And the spirit is corrupted till you meet Jesus. Then you're born again. And then you have that ability to know Christ, the greatest gift you'll ever get from Christmas is not under your tree. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the one who came to give you life from God. He says that I am the true light and in me, in this light, is the life of God. Friends, listen to this. But not only is he the son of God, God in the flesh, but he's the light that leads us to God. Look at what Jesus said in this book. Here, it says right here that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. He says down here, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. 
That light comes from Jesus. That's what the glory is, the light, the presence of God. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If you believe in Jesus, you're not going to abide in darkness because he's going to be the light in who he is and what he's taught. Look at what he says. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. How do you do that? If you really believe Jesus, you're going to follow Jesus. Because this is one of the I am's. He said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, I love Christmas, and I love everything about Christmas. I love trees. I love all this decoration. But when I was a little kid, I'm not going to lie, my favorite thing was Santa and getting a gift. And if you don't say that, you're a liar. But thank God I got saved one day, and I grew up, and Christmas has evolved. But one of my favorite things of Christmas when we was little was to ride around and look at Christmas lights. Any of y'all done that yet this year? And they're beautiful. And one day we asked our daddy, who never put lights up, why do people put these lights up, daddy? Well, that's for Santa Claus can find you. And we said, well, how's he finding us? Well, we got a tree in the window. That's enough. And if you've been good enough, he'll find you even in the dark. So we're riding around thinking, we got to get lights. we got to put up lights. You know what? It might be true that the lights that you put up on your house is to help Santa find you, but the light of Jesus is not to help God find you. He don't need no help. The light of Jesus is to help you find God. And as you see that light, And you go toward that light. How do you go toward that light? You believe that light. You trust that light. You believe that light's going to get you out of the darkness your life's been in your whole life. Because when you ain't got Jesus, this is a dark place. And when you stay in darkness long ago, it's an effect. It robs you of the joy of life. It takes away purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction. Because the devil sells you on stuff that don't fulfill. And he gives you stuff that is a lie. But the light of Jesus will never lead you away from God. It always leads you to God. And it always brings you down the path of truth and righteousness. And it always brings you home. And there's no place like home. But you can't get home without a light. You ever been lost in the dark? Oh, thank God for a light. And you know what I found about God's light? He doesn't show you the whole way. He just shows you enough to give you the faith to take the first step. And then that light shines a little further. And as you look out there, you can see enough to know, that's where I need to go next. But you know what I find about God? It's like an old pickup truck. An old man told me this in a deer camp. I mean, I got some word from God in a deer camp, folks. He said, God, following God's like this old truck. He said, them old lights get full of mud. They don't shine but so far. And you look and you don't see so far. But you'll never get to see any further until you go forward. And as you go forward, that light goes forward. And as you go a little further, that light goes a little further. And you just follow that light and it'll get you out. Jesus is the exact same way. Today, someone in here is lost. You're in darkness. You don't understand anything, probably much I said. But you know the light of God has stirred you he's he's awoken you he's he's took your eyes and you've seen something you never and you understand jesus is something more than i thought he was and you realize that you'll never meet jesus you'll never come to god except through him 
Today, all you got to believe is enough to say, Jesus, I am a sinner, totally dark, totally without your life because I'm a sinner. But Lord, I believe you died for me. You came and gave your life for me. And if you'll just believe his gospel that Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again and he ascended, and he's back now in heaven where he originated from with the Father, he'll save you. You don't have to understand it all. Do you understand everything in there? I don't, but I understand this. I'm going to keep following the light. How about you? I'm going to keep believing in Jesus because he's God. But friends, listen, this is here is what I want you to see. The only way to God is Jesus. Now, some people look at that, especially religious people, and say, how can that be true? Gods would never make it one way. He didn't say it was one way. I said it's the only way. You can either do it God's way or there is no way. And I'm just thankful that there is a way. Amen, Brother Jack? Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Instead of looking at that in a negative sense, since I got saved, I look at it in a positive sense, that there is a way to God, and it's through Jesus. The greatest gift of God that we will ever receive is not everything the world orders. I promise you, God, his delivery ship is not hung up out in the ocean. <laughs> he can deliver right on time. He's not dependent on the government. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, Christmas is over. Christmas is canceled. They can't get our guff to us. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but Christmas as I knew it was over the day I met Jesus. It's all changed now. Thank God for Santa and all that stuff. But guys, listen, Jesus can deliver always, and he never is kept from giving you. If you want to be saved today, he'll receive you if you'll receive him. Because listen to what he says in that verse. It says, he came in verse 11 to his own, and his own did not receive him. That happens every Sunday. He came to save you. You're his. He loves you. He came and died for you. He'll save you today. Look at what it says. But as many as received him and them... He gave the right to become children of God. Did you catch that? We're not all children of God. We're all the creation of God. But Jesus gave us the right. And look how he did it. It says, Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of man. What he's saying is, not of natural descent. It doesn't matter anymore if you're Jew or whatever. Not of human decision. It's not up to you to become a this or of that. It's all in him. Look at what he says. Who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And friends, listen, Jesus can save us today. And this here is where I'm going to stop. Y'all didn't think I'd get finished before 12, did you? But guys, listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, not just a son, his Son, the holy, pure Son of God, left heaven. I don't know how God, the Father, got him from the presence of heaven from his bosom and put him in that little girl. <laughs> I'm not here to try to figure that out. But I am here to try to tell you this. The baby that came out of that little girl grew up into a man named Jesus who did things no one's ever done nor ever do again. 
He was extraordinarily, unbelievably above and beyond anybody else. The most extraordinary thing that I can tell you about Jesus, he never sinned. He never sinned. They tried to find someone to find something to blame him for. In the end, the only thing they could blame him for is what he said he did. I am God. I am a king. I am the Messiah. And friends, listen. Look at what he did. There's eight miracles. Really, they say there's seven in the Gospel of John. And the first one is he turned water to wine. I know Baptists don't like that one, but that's in there. It's the first one. He turned water into wine. You ever tried to do that? Got to have some special ability. Then he took a man who was crippled from life in the next chapter by the pool of water who was waiting there trying to find a way to be made whole, and he gave him his legs back. You go through it. He walked on the water. He caused the blind to see. Listen to this one. He fed 5,000 people with just three fish and a few loaves of bread. We couldn't feed us today. I know how y'all eat with that. But he fed 5,000 church folk that went all the way out to the mountaintop to hear him. They were ready to eat. Fed them all with 5,000 pieces of fish. Friends, listen to this. He raised Lazarus from the dead. But the most unbelievable thing about him is that he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. And they did, because he led them. He was a willing sacrifice. And we did the most and the worst we could find to do him. And on the third day, his father raised him, and he came out of the grave, and he's walking, and he lives in heaven where we're all one day going to get to go. I don't know about y'all, but I'm so glad that God sent the Son. Amen? And all you got to do is believe in him today. If you believe in him, you won't have to perish, but have everlasting life. That's Christmas, amen? No matter what we may have or not have this year, we may have something we don't want, and we may not be getting something that we want, but if we got Jesus, we got enough. Can I get an amen? And so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. Today is your day if you're not saved. We're not going to ask you to walk up here but I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their head because we're going to pray and we're going to close this service. And this is what I believe about Jesus. If you really mean this and you receive him, I won't have to come find you later. You'll come find me. And you'll ask me, what do I do from here to follow this Jesus? Now, everybody close your eyes, bow your heads. I mean, everybody. And I'm going to ask us while we're sitting here as the family of God, is there anybody in here who's not a son of God yet? And do you want to be? Because if you would believe in Jesus right now at this moment, you will forever be his. And I'm going to just ask you to hold up your hand and stand where you're at. I see a hand going up over here. Amen. Praise God. Is there another? I see another hand back there. Amen. I tell you what, it's something when a little kid raised their hand, but a parent won't or a grown-up won't. I'm here to tell you that what makes this gift so great is that it saves you from something so bad. What does it mean to perish? It means to die without God, to be separated from God in a place called hell. Because Jesus came and because he died and he gave us the greatest gift, that don't have to happen. And I'm going to ask you, if you have accepted Jesus, I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. And I'm going to ask you to 
pray with me as we begin to close this service? If Jesus is your Savior, you know what Jesus says? He says, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father. But if you confess me before man, I will confess you. Next week, I'm going to tell you what the sermon's going to be about. It's going to be about giving the greatest gift that you'll ever give to someone. It's going to be about telling people about Jesus. You know, we get caught up in a lot of things. we got a lot of people in our families. They don't need another tree under the, another present under the tree near as much as they need the present that comes from the tree of Calvary. And if we focus more on that gift, our families would probably be better off than another Xbox or something. Amen. So tonight, this morning, all of us are saved. Praise God. Two people raised their hand, and I'm going to try to get with your parents here in a minute. But the main thing is, this is just the beginning of us. We're going to always be with God. And what a great thing that is to celebrate. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God's blessing over the food. And we're going to ask God's blessing over the offering. And then we're going to ask you to sit back down. And because we're all kind of out of our normal today, we're going to go ahead and while the ladies are getting the food ready, and I'll explain how we're going to get to it, we're going to let the men take up the offering. And then we're going to all eat. If anyone's new here and you've never been here, the restrooms are down that door that just opened there all the way to the end of the hall to the left. They're going to put all the desserts out on the table. You can get what you want. You can go back for seconds all you want, but we have a prepared meal, a menued item that's going to be served. And so they're going to serve that here in a second. And we're all going to partake together. But you know, one day we're going to sit at the Lamb's Supper and we're going to eat in the presence of Jesus as His children, sons and daughters of God. I don't know about y'all, this is just a practice, a warm-up, amen. Father in heaven, I thank you for each person here who knows you, who's been saved by your grace. Thank you for them young ones that raised their hand. And I pray you'll help them to continue to follow the light and that one day you'll help them to find the way and to truly be saved. And just God bless you for speaking to hearts. And Lord, today as we prepare for this meal, we want to thank you for those who's prepared it. We want to ask you to bless it, bless our time of fellowship. And be with us throughout the rest of this day. And Lord, thank you for the offering, for the privilege to give back. You've given us so much. And as we give and our men take up this offering, Lord, we pray that you'll give us the wisdom to be good stewards, to use it for your glory and to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, we pray. If you'll be seated, please just sit down just for a minute. I got